Our history is our treasure, treasure that we keep in a humble, bursting at the seams archive at the Jewish Federation of Ottawa. Archives can seem inaccessible, but with this podcast, we're bringing the archives to you. Honoring the past is one of the 613 commandments or mitzvot of Judaism. 613 is also the area code of Ottawa, the capital city of Canada, a city that hosts a vibrant historical Jewish community. 613 Archives is where we dig into the shelves and drawers of the Ottawa Jewish Archives for stories that bring our past into the present. Thanks for joining us on this dig. I'm Lawrence Wall, and now here's your host, Jimmy Gutman. You are listening to 613 Archives, the podcast of the Ottawa Jewish Archives. Episode 2, The Rideau Bakery. We sell the rye bread, of which there's uh, four or five major kinds, being light rye, dark rye, pumpernickel, round rye. We have the, uh, the uh, onion rye, which has a touch of yeast in it. We also have our rye everything we call it, which is very good with rosemary, black olives, uh, garlic, uh, onions. It's very, very tasty. And recently we started doing uh, light rye and dark rye with um, sunflower seeds. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of history just sitting in this, in this store. You are listening to the sounds of the Rito Bakery. It's midnight on a Sunday. A new week is only a few hours away. The entire Ottawa Jewish community needs its bread. Now that Shabbat is over, the bakers can begin their preparations. Like many Jewish institutions, the Rideau Bakery had its roots in the old country. In the early 20th century, in a village outside of Kiev, a woman named Rivka started baking bread in her house to support her family. The business was successful, but with the rise of communism, Rivka had to adjust to new rules. At the same time, Ukrainian nationalism and anti-Semitism had grown so intense in the region that anti-Jewish riots, or pogroms, had hit an all-time high. Like just one of the so many families that were torn apart, Rivka saw half her family flee the Ukraine. In 1926, Rivka's sons, David and Abe Kardish, moved to Ottawa. The sons brought with them their Jewish history, traditions, and of course, the tried and true family knowledge of how to bake bread. They used that knowledge as the foundation of their livelihood in Canada. In 1930, the first Rideau Bakery was opened on the corner of Rideau and Nelson. So what's your name? Louis Kardish. And what's your name? David Kardish. Their great-grandmother was Rivka, who started the original bakery in the Ukraine, which became the inspiration and forerunner of today's Rito Bakery. Uh, my great-grandmother had a bakery in uh, Kamenets-Podolsk, which is a town in the Ukraine that uh, we came from, and they used to do uh, baking there. But uh, when the Bolsheviks took over, they had nationalized everything, so essentially they were working for the for the government, and there were a lot of pogroms and everything else, and there was a lot of discrimination. So they decided that they, uh, it wasn't really safe to, be, to stay there anymore. So they came to Canada in the, uh, around 1928. And uh, when they first arrived, the, uh, like a lot of the, the kids had worked with their mother in, in the, doing the baking back there. So when they came, they, um, 
my grandfather and his brother got a job with uh, some of the local bakeries here. And uh, they worked for a couple of years, but um, they needed more because my Uncle Abe only had one daughter, Rosie uh, Taylor, who was uh, a blessed memory. And, but my grandfather had nine mouths to feed. So they set out on their own to try and uh, do what they could. Bread is, of course, essential to Jewish tradition, Jewish religion, Jewish history, Jewish pretty much everything. Bread, or lack of bread, sits at the center of the Jewish story. Bread is life itself, human experience, and the story of Jewish civilization. Now, you're probably thinking, everybody eats bread. Well, you're not wrong. You can find bakeries literally everywhere. What's so special? What's so Jewish about Jewish bakeries? The answer to this question is found in the historical context that surrounds it. Like so many other Jewish institutions, Jewish baking is defined by being separated from other kinds of baking. Sometimes this separation was consensual and warranted, like how Jews need to eat different food in order to keep kosher. But sometimes it wasn't consensual at all. Sometimes it was oppressive. Jews have historically been excluded from certain circles, and that exclusion has shaped Jewish identity throughout history. The story of how Jewish bakeries became a distinct institution with a unique flavor stems largely from the long history of forced separation in Europe, when Jews often needed to assemble parallel societies to those they were excluded from. Take an early, early example. The year is 1496, and Jan Obrecht is the king of Poland. He issues a decree banning Jewish bakers from selling their obwarzarnik, which is Polish for bagels, to non-Jewish customers, segregating Jews from an entire industry in a single stroke. Through this single dastardly act, he inadvertently helped to set events in motion that would lead to the rise of a rich and world-renowned baking heritage. The Jews of Krakow had no choice but to create their own bagel industry, which, much to Jan Albrecht's dismay, thrived. Over the next centuries, Jewish baking in Europe would reflect the local, but it always retained its separateness and its unique and nearly indescribable style. As Jews, bread has a special place in our hearts and our stomachs, unless of course you're gluten intolerant. It was offered as a grain sacrifice at the original temple in Jerusalem, and now families use it ritually every Friday night at the Shabbat table. There's an old tradition when someone makes challah, the bread eaten by Ashkenazi Jews on Shabbat. A small piece is broken off and thrown back into the oven, a symbol of temple sacrifice. In Ethiopian Jewish communities, challah is replaced by dabo, made with barley and sprinkled with turmeric and nagila seeds. Tunisian Jews make a bread called bejma, which is shaped like a triangle. And of course, there's the bagel. It was first mentioned in 1610 in Krakow as a recommended gift to a pregnant woman. It has all sorts of symbolism attached for its circular shape. The bagel wasn't originally created by the Jews, but we brought it to North America, so give us some credit. Bread plays a special role, particularly during the high holidays. On Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, the challah is baked in a circle to represent the cycle of the year and as a sign of long life. On the first day of Rosh Hashanah, crumbs are thrown into the river for tashlich, a ceremony which symbolizes the cleansing of our sins. In an article in the foreword, Carol Novis writes, According to an old joke, you should choose a specific kind of bread to throw into the water. For being holier than thou, throw a bagel. For committing car theft, 
caraway bread, for excessive use of irony, rye bread, and for the silliness, like this old joke, nut bread. There is a misconception that Europe's Jews at the beginning of the 20th century watched passively as their lives were turned around, waiting for the next shoe to fall. But that's not actually the case. Jews in early 20th century Europe, influenced by European Enlightenment philosophy, as well as their own Jewish backgrounds, created their own unique flavor of social activism. For some, the Jewish concept of tikkun olam, or repair the world, contributed to a strong impulse to help improve communities and societies. Jewish history is replete with courageous leaders, rebels, and freedom fighters. Now, we've already talked about how bread to Jewish people is both ritual and everyday. And so while bread is found in religious ceremony, it can also be found in areas of political evolution. As one of the few regular neutral stops for literally everyone in the community, bakeries became unique opportunities for social interaction and political conversation. A young woman could go to bakeries alone without causing suspicion, and at the same time managed to engage in political conversations while she waited for her order. In 19th century Jewish bakeries, you'd be as likely to hear talk of the weather as you would be an impassioned discussion of the merits of Zionism, socialism, communism, and plenty of other isms. The soul of Jewish history was baked into fresh pastry. The Radu Bakery has recently closed down, much to the lament of the Ottawa Jewish community. Its label was picked up by the grocery store chain Farmboy. The Rito Bakery bread will continue to be sold in their stores, which means the Jewish community still has access to their kosher bread. But still, the community feels the loss of their storefronts. The Rito Bakery was an institution, and not just for those familiar with the Kardashes. As one of the city's only kosher options, it was a vital service for many in the 13,000-strong Ottawa Jewish community. It provided the yeasty fuel for new generations of Jews to honor age-old tradition through bread, as had been done for thousands of years. A small family business anchored in the oldest part of Ottawa, where small family businesses rarely survive, the Rito's unchanging quality and aesthetic marked it as an anomaly, where many bakeries had been subsumed in large and fast-paced supermarkets. The Rito Bakery maintained its 1960s-era look and lunch counter until the day it closed. The first bakery was on right near Nelson and Rito. It was a two-story building. They had the bakery on the first floor, and they had the parents and the nine kids in the upstairs. And in, winter t- in the summertime, the, the boys used to sleep on the roof. Because it was cool. It was cooler than anywhere else. And uh, it kind of grew from there until around 1947 or so. There was a Chinese laundry beside them which caught fire. And the bakery caught fire. And the bakery burnt down. So then they had to find another place. And they opened up on Clarence Street, right between Nelson and Friel. And uh, it was an old building. It used to be a bakery, too. And it had what we call today character. So around 19... 50, 51, they opened up a, a store on Rito Street, um, right, near, right, near, right, across, right near the Nelson Rito area, but right across the street. Today, Loblaws sits there. And um, then in around 1965, um, they had an opportunity to get a little bigger building because there was a, an old grocery store called Sugarman's, which was across the street 
and just up the block where the old bakery was. And it was a lar much larger store, like probably four times the size. And uh, they moved in there on around 1965. Eventually, um, the city started expropriating down around downtown where the old bakery was. By 19, November 1970, there was nothing else standing down there but the Rideau Bakery. It was the last building standing in the area. And then in that, that December of, uh, of 1970, we moved to this location on Bank Street. The story of the Rideau Bakery is in a lot of ways a microcosm of the modern global Jewish experience, community-focused, working hard to maintain traditions, yet succeeding in a changing world. However, there is also something generally Canadian, and particularly Ottawa, about their experience. In 2018, a storm blew the sign off the front of the bakery, where it had hung for over 50 years. No sooner had the sign fallen than customers sprang into action to recover the pieces. It didn't take long for one customer, who turned out to be a graphic designer, to volunteer to recreate the sign's iconic look. Soon after, another customer, who runs a sign-making business, offered to replace the sign pro bono. A world away from forced isolation, evil Polish kings, and bread-stealing communists. In Ottawa, the Jewish bakery was at home. David and Louis Kardish's great-grandmother brought her recipes all the way here from the Ukraine, almost 100 years ago, and although the bakery front is closed now, the recipes are still being followed today. That tradition carries weight. Her bread that once fed a village outside of Kiev now feeds the capital of the country that her family immigrated to. This bakery was small, but it was a perfect example of Ottawa's Jewish legacy, and a delicious one. Three Archives has been brought to you by the Ottawa Jewish Archives and was made possible through the generosity of the Ottawa Jewish Historical Society. I am your host, Jimmy Gutman. This episode was written by Zoe Thrumston and produced by SoCalled, who also created the theme music. If you want to berate us or tell us how great we are, find the Ottawa Jewish Archives on Facebook or go to jewishottawa.com slash ottawa-jewish-archives. Pictures from the archives that correspond to this episode are available on our Facebook page. Go check them out and see you next time. The Ottawa Jewish Community Foundation is proud to sponsor this podcast. Like the Ottawa Jewish Archives, the foundation is dedicated to ensuring a lasting legacy for our community. The foundation provides donors with tools to secure the future of Jewish Ottawa. Whether you donate now to start a family fund in support of your favorite synagogue or organization, or whether you leave a small percent in your will for the causes you care most deeply about. The Foundation is a way for you to keep your values alive for future generations and to ensure that your beloved Jewish organizations continue to thrive. To find out more, go to ojcf.ca. Yeah.